0: Hello and welcome to a very special, long-awaited episode of Cartridge Cinema Club. This is episode 56 and my name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex
1: Wallace. What is up, girls and gays? It is... Really nice, honestly, to be back like doing these podcasts on a weekly basis again. I've I've been really excited about getting to like record, you know, every week again. Getting to watch movies every week with you guys. Uh, unfortunately, then I remembered uh, that I had to watch Angry Birds two this week, uh, and that was significantly less nice. It was like it was like repeatedly throughout the week. Once we had made the decision, like <laughs> like a couple weeks ago, that we were gonna do Angry Birds two this week, like every like. Every, like, 12 hours, I would just remember, like, oh, God, fucking damn it, I gotta watch Angry Birds 2 at some point this week.
0: Yeah, the, the death march got louder <laughs> in
1: my brain
0: as the week went on. Yeah.
1: um. So, I, I want to say up front, uh, if you have not listened to our first episode about the first Angry Birds movie... Uh, you know, please go ahead and go back, pause this, pour yourself a nice <laughs> glass of wine and, Or uh, bleach. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and listen to that, uh, <laughs> that episode about the Angry Birds movie, uh, and if you refuse to do that for some reason, cause you're a rebellious little shit, uh, just know that that movie is just like, it was just like extremely racist, uh, and it's just like literally like an anti-immigration propaganda movie, Um, and you shouldn't watch it, and you shouldn't let your kids watch it. Uh, It is not a good film. This was also not a good film, but maybe not to the same extent. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the Angry Birds movie, too, Mark?
0: (laughs) Uh, I wanted to mention that, you know, you usually have... Like a classic, oh, we're recording this Sunday morning and I'm uh, hung over at shit and I had to watch this two hours ago and now I'm going to talk about it immediately. I had kind of my first moment like that. Um, I'm on a new brain medication and uh, this brain medication is causing me to go to sleep at 8 p.m. and wake up at 1 a.m. Oh, no. And I was like, well, my original plan was to work for a couple hours on Saturday and then start watching this movie and then record immediately. But I was like... Well, I'm not going to be asleep for a few hours. Let's just knock this out. So me in a Lexapro haze, having very little sleep and not being able to fall asleep, watched uh, this movie with an iTunes gift card. Because we both had to pay six fucking dollars to rent this movie.
1: I wanted, um. I wanted to pirate this movie so bad. I so badly did not want to give them any of my money. Nope. But the only way to do that would have been to torrent it. And uh, I recently got one of those emails from my ISP that's like, "Hey fuckers, Shh. we saw you, we saw you torrenting Spore. Shut the fuck up! And if you ever do something like that again, yeah, we're gonna come to your house and fucking kill you." So I didn't. So I had to rent it on Amazon, which sucked really bad because i did not want to give them any money for this film tell me about angry birds 2 mark what's what's this, uh, what's this about what's this thing that we watch this week well sony animated
0: pictures is back at it again uh we've <laughs> really the really just the worst movies of all time uh ever made by sony uh, yeah. angry birds 2 uh, the angry birds movie 2 as as it's colloquially known <laughs> Is a 2019 CGI comedy film based on Rovio Entertainment's Angry Birds video game series. You know them. You probably don't like them that much. <laughs> they're a they're a mobile game, a puzzle game. Produced by Columbia Pictures, Rovio Animation, and Sony Pictures Animation. We've got the ensemble cast making their grand return for several million dollars each. <laughs> uh, Jason Sudeikis, Josh Gad, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Tony Hale, Bill Hader. We've got the dink himself, Peter Dinklage, friend of the show.
1: Cannot stop making um, appearances on this podcast, <laughs> Peter Dinklage. The boy knows how to does, pick him, let me tell you.
0: Does he Does he owe Sony money? <laughs> like, what did he do to deserve this and Pixels? Um, we've got some newcomers. we got Leslie Jones, Rachel Bloom, uh, Aquafino, whoever that is. <laughs> She's a uh,
1: pop singer of some kind, I think.
0: Sure. I believe you. Uh, Sterling K. Brown and Eugenio Derbis uh, joining the ensemble cast. I also wanted to mention uh, I learned because I watched the credits, uh, which I almost never do. I was just kind of in a stupor. I couldn't reach the remote. Uh, Anthony from Smosh is also in this movie. Uh, if you were a teenager in the mid to late 2000s on YouTube, you know Smosh from all of their terrible, terrible <laughs> videos. <laughs> and I, I certainly knew him as soon as I saw that name.
1: I, I, I definitely like, I, I somehow dodged the Smosh bullet at some point in my in my adolescence. I don't know how I managed to not, like I knew that Smosh was a thing. I was aware that, that was a, that was a YouTube channel that was popular, but somehow it just like didn't enter my orbit. I don't know how that happened, but I'm really grateful for it.
0: You should feel very, very thankful <laughs> because you don't have to have you don't have to be cursed with having their Transformers rap still
1: memorized. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about the plot, girls and gays. Oh, let's so do it. let's do it. So so again, I'm going to broadly assume you've probably listened to the first Angry Birds movie episode here and then we're just going to kind of go from there. Uh, it's so, a fan favorite episode. Yeah, yeah, that was a popular episode. So we'll we'll assume. Uh, so it is it is some time after the first movie, uh, and the main character Red, who is played by Jason Sudeikis, uh, he's like he's like a fascist icon now for all the good little birds and girls. You know, like there's like posters up of him, like saying how much they love him, and he's like plastered all over the town, and everybody talks about how great he is. Um, but unfortunately the, the, the pigs and the birds are, are still, uh, in what is referred to as a prank war. Um, which I think is kind of disingenuous because in the last film, the birds like literally bombed the shit out of the pigs in the climax of the film. And a lot of them probably died. Uh, but it's just a prank, bro. So it's just gonna move on. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and then there's this eagle lady and and her name is Zeta. She's played by Leslie Jones. And she is the only character who is not coded as like a middle class white and straight person. So she's obviously like a supervillain that wants to kill everyone. Uh, so she is bombing the pig island and the bird island so that she can move in there. Because she lives on like an arctic hellhole island that she, does, that she hates. And everybody is cold all the time. She has a frozen chihuahua. It's almost kind of funny, but it's not. Uh, and then the pigs and the birds, they got to team up. And they got and they got to stop them. Um, and then also the movie sucks. That's the other part.
0: <laughs> you almost forgot to mention that it's a bad movie.
1: Yeah, I maybe I maybe, I maybe did. Do you want to you want to give me some of your general thoughts on that? You know, I, I say general thoughts, but I'm I'm looking I'm looking through your notes here. And it's really just like a list of things that made you angry. <laughs>
0: yeah the first thing which i hastily added in i wanted to mention this plot is literally the plot of donkey kong country tropical freeze in a game in which the donkey kong family of apes uh lives you know you love them (laughs) they live on a tropical island with i guess a nice temperate climate and then a bunch of penguins who are birds uh Come from their frozen Arctic island and Arctic bomb the shit out of Donkey Kong's island because they want to live there instead. So uh, that game came out in 2014. I'm not I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Um,
1: they watch the they watch Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. and They're just like, wow, the height, the drama. We have to recapture this in Angry Birds too.
0: Uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze had a better soundtrack than this. We'll get oh, to it.
1: Damn right it does. Are you kidding me? That's not even a contest.
0: Um, so. There's a dabbing joke 10 seconds into this movie. um, There's a point in this movie where one of the female characters says that another character has resting bird face. Um, uh, This movie has two directors and three screenwriters (laughs) for for such genius uh, bits of filmmaking as having one of the Angry Birds drink a different bodily fluid this yeah. time. Not pissed. They drink S- snot this so, time.
1: So there isn't. There is. An, there is a, there is a, <laughs> a snot drinking sequ- sequence in this movie. The reasons for which I have already forgotten. Uh, and then there is also another extended piss sequence in this movie, but nobody Oh yeah, gets... the, the urinal. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's a long urinal sequence in this movie where there, you know, you can hear piss noises and there's, a, there are a lot of piss related jokes. Uh, but there is no moment where they show piss or any of the characters drink the piss. So I considered that to be an improvement over the previous film. Again, if you have not listened to the first Angry Birds episode, you're gonna need to. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to come out and say this up front. Overall, this was not as excruciatingly painful to watch as the first one. It is still a terrible film, don't get me wrong, Uh, but it is, like, outside of the fact that it's, like, less racist <laughs> than the first movie is, it's still a little bit racist, but it... it, it Like, some of the jokes land occasionally. There's, like, a whole bit where they're trying to get into the Eagle Island, and they've got this, like, costume that looks like absolute shit, and it has, like, six of them inside it trying to pilot it, and that thing stumbling around and running into walls, like, kind of almost made me laugh for half a second. Like, there's moments where the jokes almost work. Um, and, like, it is less overtly mean-spirited... Uh, Than the first movie is like I think one of the things that really grinds on you about the first Angry Birds is that All of the characters are so relentlessly mean to each other and all of the jokes are like Haha, isn't it funny that this male character is feeling an emotion or haha, isn't it funny that this character is fat? Um, And in this one, it's like occasionally the characters are nice to each other and that's kind of nice It's still like weirdly sexual they still got to, like, remind you that the birds and the pigs fuck as much as possible. Uh, they still got to show the characters asses as much as possible. Um, and it still has that, like, obnoxious boomer Facebook memes quality, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. that's the caliber <laughs> of all of the jokes. Is like, some shit that your racist aunt would forward to you. It It's not a good movie. <laughs> no, but
0: I, I I would agree with you when... I think I would sum up this movie as like a a toned down version of the last one. Yeah. They toned down the racism. (laughs) They toned down the... I guess, the violence a little bit. They toned down how obnoxious every moment of everyone talking to each yeah. other is. I mean, that's
1: the, that's the thing about the first movie, right? It's, it's just non-stop. Like, the pacing it's is... Yeah, the pacing is so aggressive. There's, like, a new terrible joke in that movie, like, every, like, three seconds. And at this one, you're looking at, like, a new terrible joke every 30 seconds. So it's, like, a lot yeah. more of a comfortable pace to work with. Um... And, and because of that, it lets you sit and, and ponder the other things about the movie that you hate, such as the way that it looks. Um, So, like, this film is rendered with obscenely realistic CG textures. <laughs> like, it is rendered in such a way that there is, like, this terrifying, uncanny valley quality to the way that these characters have these like insanely detailed textures on their fur and on their hair and they have teeth is which is gross um and then you know there are these like cartoony characters with cartoonish proportions and giant fucking eyes and it looks so unsettling like i really i really have a strong distaste for it like you look at the fucking sand in this movie and it is like there's, they they modeled physics for the sand and the snow and shit. And it just looks fucking awful for this thing that is supposed to be like a lighthearted cartoon. There's no charm to it whatsoever. It lo- th- it looks expensive. It doesn't look good. You know what I mean? I hate it. Yeah, the, the thing that I would
0: compare this to is I remember watching Finding Nemo in like hmm. 2005 or whatever and thinking damn, that water looks so fucking cool, I want to swim in that. (laughs) Yeah. And, but also, the characters in that movie are, they're designed to be more, like, not realistic, but... They look like real fish. They look like fish. Yeah. And, like, they the way that they kind of move and animate is much more, per- much more fish like. So it's a lot more believable when the water is realistic because like from far away, if you just see those outlines swimming, they just look like fucking fish. Yeah. That. And also there was like a stylistic coherency to its yeah. coherence to it. With this movie, there's just a hard fucking split between here's this water that looks <laughs> like it was filmed Uh, on a real camera and rendered in 4K. And here is ugly fucking birds screaming at each other. They look
1: like little potatoes with sticks sticking out of them for their legs. You know, like it's terrible.
0: They're they're so shitty. I I hate it. Yeah,
1: the character designs are so (laughs) unappealing. It's it's, it's really something. um, And I think something else that you wanted to talk about was... um, the fact that like there is literally a pop song every five minutes in this movie, like oh, they can't, God damn they can't help themselves.
0: Yeah, the, there was the the they they like they play "Turn Down for What" mm-hmm. as they're like walking out of the ship in slow motion with their new outfits on. Yeah, uh, there, this movie thinks that a song is like a punchline, <laughs> yeah. and it uses a song as a punchline several fucking times. Uh, I, at one point, this is just to illustrate how annoying the soundtrack was. At one point, and I'm not exaggerating, you're not going to watch this movie except for <laughs> the two the two people listening who I know listen. Watch everyone. There's a point where th- there's like an action sequence that's jumping back and forth between a couple of characters where they play baby shark and then too sexy for my shirt and then the final countdown. All within thirty seconds of each <laughs> other, like the beginning or like the first chorus of each of those songs, like, and it's the most obvious moment. Like, like they play "Too Sexy for My Shirt" when one of the pigs is is ice skating with like a thong or yeah. something. Yeah, and that's, then, I mean that's
1: another that's a that's a cornerstone <laughs> of the Angry Birds movie ethos. Yeah, is look at look at these male characters being feminine. Isn't that so embarrassing and weird and disgusting for them to do that?
0: Yeah, there's just a lot of pig-ass in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of pig-ass. <laughs> and, and, and then, like, they show a countdown timer, and the final countdown starts playing, even though, like, like you didn't need to put the final countdown in <laughs> We would have like, got like, it. I, we would have like, understood it. Like I get it when 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 the red number goes from 100 to 59 that's like oh that's a minute. Yeah. Huh. Got yeah, it.
1: No, this film is like this film is like like a 40-year-old narc disguised as a 16-year-old trying to put on yeah. sunglasses and talk about the hip hop and the drugs in front of high school kids to sound, you know, authentic and shit. It is it is soulless and disgusting in a really uncomfortable way.
0: And uh, you know a, a, a little bit this movie was a great send off to the 2010s. <laughs> uh because You know, for for, for longtime listeners of this show or friends with me, uh, you'll know that I'm a pop music fan. I'm a Mm -hmm. pop aficionado. But I was listening to all the songs that are like 2010s pop songs in this movie, which most of them are. Like fucking like Fireball by Pitbull (laughs) and fucking Turn Down for What? And I was like, most of this decade was was, sure was shit. (laughs) And this movie, watching this movie... Like, you think of it, we like The Breakfast Club, and I know it's stupid, I'm comparing these two movies, but you you think of the soundtrack of The Breakfast Club, and all those songs are, like, iconic for that time. And then you look at the the Angry Birds 2 movie, too. This and is a you wildly really about,
1: unfair comparison, but sure, keep going. Yeah, but it's just,
0: these are the songs of, like, the time. Yeah, they really are. They, and I hate all of them. I I don't know. Marga- I, I, we we can move on, but just I this fucking decade was was
1: bad. Mark is for... joining me in being a boomer. For him, it's going to be about pop music. For me, it's about practical effects in movies. There
0: wasn't a there wasn't a single goddamn One Direction song in this. And That's why that movie sucks.
1: Oh man, we got to talk about the pedophilia thing. Oh yeah. That yeah. A thing. Yeah, that was a thing. Uh we haven't really mentioned this yet because it requires a lot of explaining to understand, but it's horrific. I would say it's horrific. You would say it was it was horrific. I would say it was I'd say it's it was,
0: it's it's one of those things that's super like borderline until you think about it for ten seconds and then it becomes really bad.
1: Yeah, so 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 Josh Gadbird, uh his sister, is in college, right? And she's like a genius engineer, prodigy girl or whatever she's a bird obviously they're all birds uh and they and they explicitly state that she like skipped several grades in school and she was like kind of a weirdo outcast growing up but they realized like wow she's a genius she's an engineering brilliant person and so they go meet her at this college that she's at uh and recruit her for their team to go fuck up a queer person um and (sighs) so red who is the protagonist, allegedly, uh, the Jason Sudeikis character, um, has been coded and characterized in these films thus far as, like, a middle-aged man. Like, he's, like, living on his own. He sounds like Jason Sudeikis. He's depressed and washed up. He is portrayed as, like, being a dude that would, like, if he was in real life, would be in his late 30s or early 40s, maybe. And then we have this, uh, and then we have this college girl who who we explicitly know skipped grades to get to college, so is probably, you know, relatively to real human world, younger than 18 years old, maybe. Or maybe just barely 18 years old. And, um, guess what happens? I'll give you one guess. I'll give you one guess. No, I'm just kidding. No, but they fuck, okay? Look, it's... They are... Throughout the film, you know that this is gonna happen, because they keep putting these characters in compromising positions together. They keep doing that bullshit where they get shot out of a cannon or some bullshit, and then they land on top of each other, and it's like, ooh, awkward, my hands are on your breasts or whatever the fuck. Um, And at no point in the film is it ever brought up that, like, there is clearly, like, a big age and life experience difference between these two characters... Uh, But we're still going to show them at the end Drinking champagne together on a date On a mountain uh, And making love eyes at each other Because it's I don't know Thoughts Mark how you feel about that I just got really sad I don't know I started explaining that and I had a lot of energy going in And then I was like oh actually this sucks And I'm sad and I hate the Angry Birds
0: You know The 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 girl bird has Fucking pigtails like I don't (laughs) I don't know what's what else to, to God, tell you. They, you're right, man. They, 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 they might as well have put her in a T-shirt that said "sexy nerd librarian girl" because, <laughs> like, she has fucking pigtails. I don't know what else to say. You're, yeah. you're, you're not wrong that this movie, and, and you know the, the other like annoying like romance quirk thing that they did immediately with this fucking characters is that the like. They're like, oh, we're, we're, we're bantering and we don't really like each other, but you know, we're, we're keeping up with each other in terms of like banter. And I was like, oh, he's going to fuck the girl bird. And then they reveal in the next scene, cause they have a meet cute, right? At mm-hmm. a speed dating. And then the next scene together is her in her college class with other, like clearly 17 year olds. And it's like, oh, she was a child. Okay. Oh, well, I guess he's not going to fuck the child. But then he does. And then
1: he does, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, and outside of the horrific pedophilia aspect of this, uh, Red is also just, like, a completely insufferable asshole throughout this entire movie, just like he is in the first one. There is no believable world where anybody who acts like this would ever attract someone that is, like, allegedly intelligent and emotionally available. It's just a fucking joke. I just, I'm so, dude, like, God, I'm so fucking sick of straight people. Like, if I, like, I'm Mm -hmm. so, I'm so fucking tired of watching movies where there is just like no there is no basis built for an actual romantic relationship there is no like they don't put a storyline together in which two characters grow closer and form a bond they don't craft any sort of narrative around this bullshit they just take a woman who does, who carries all of a man's emotional baggage for him and an insufferable piece of shit man and puts them next to each other and we're supposed to be like wow they're in love shut the fuck up god <laughs> damn it I I'm so and, fucking tired of it
0: let's let's be clear about because I was just having this thought uh, <laughs> when straight men write movies they don't even write friendships well no like th- th- that's the thing is like I can't even think of like two characters that are not attracted to each other written in a movie like this where they actually like grow and change and go through hard things together and learn about each other and become you know closer i that just doesn't happen in movies (laughs) i almost want to say anymore but just like ever it doesn't really happen we we focus in on how Romance is terrible. I just watched the Star Wars pre... I'm bringing up Star Wars. I just watched the Star Wars prequels this week, and it has the most painful, unearned romance of all time. Sure but it has. also does not earn the friendship
1: between the two main characters. And yeah. I... it's Movies are bad, you know? <laughs> I'm try You know, I try... Look, man. I'm a person that obviously has a lot of love for movies, has obviously spent yeah. a lot of t- time thinking, writing, and talking about movies... Um, and I love watching good movies. I watched Ten Cloverfield Lane last night that 's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed myself and but it 's just like the it's so the consistency of seeing these romantic tropes and just how garbage they are and how they have absolutely nothing to do with the way that people like develop romantic feelings for one another in real life it's just so fucking embarrassing to watch grown ass adults just totally fail to write any interesting chemistry between characters and also not make their male characters insufferable assholes who are also pedophiles we need to move on let's talk about the shitty politics part part one here we go. So, <laughs> this is going to be a brief one, and then we're going to get to the worst part. So, so we're also, like, supposed to feel bad for Red, uh, because, like, once the pigs and the birds form a truce to stop the eagles from doing whatever the fuck the eagles are trying to do... Uh, he's he's sad now because all of the nice posters they have of him looking like a fascist leader have been replaced with nice peace symbols that say truce. And he's just, like, really upset that the forever war is ending and he doesn't get to be <laughs> relentlessly hero-worshipped by everyone anymore. And, like we're supposed to feel bad about
0: that i just i laughed really hard when he wrote the forever war in the notes for the angry birds 2 movie i just because because there really was a forever there
1: war. was it's literally like like at the beginning of the movie like red and his two dipshit friends their job is just to go around stopping attacks from the pigs and then as soon as the forever war is dissolved red is all depressed and he's like kicking a can down the street like oh shucks y'all i just wanted to keep keep fighting that terrorism he's, for the rest of my life so everyone he's would like, like me.
0: He's like a, it's like a soldier who came home from war and doesn't know what to do with himself I can't reintegrate into yeah. society. Yeah, Red shows uh, up
1: at the airport and a bunch of protesters <laughs> are calling him a baby killer.
0: Fuck. Um, I, so my thing with, with what they call a prank war, which is mostly genocide, um, was like uh so there there's there's a reason why they're calling it a prank war now and the and the actions are not as catastrophic or devastating and i really think i don't know i think that sony some some execs at sony had to have like seen the the reactionary take on their movie yeah and thought we need to tone this shit down so that no one can like read that intense of politics (laughs) into this movie. Because you you can't really read as many things into this movie as you could for the for the last movie, which was literally like
1: an allegory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The so the main thing that 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 is fucked up in this movie, uh so we need to talk about Zeta, uh, which is the Leslie Jones character. Um so first off, wanna say, honestly, fantastic vocal performance from Leslie Jones. Too bad it's this character and too bad it's this movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. she she is expressive. She had, like, they give her some kind of funny lines occasionally. Like, she's a lot of fun uh, to listen. It's just fun to listen to her voice in this. And, and she's the only character that has, like, a personality besides obnoxious asshole or woman who takes on all of the emotional labor for a man. <laughs> um, and... When they first showed this character before they gendered her, I was under the impression that they were quoting this character as a drag queen because it's like this eagle who is wearing like this long dress and has these like giant eyelashes. And then Leslie Jones is kind of doing like a very androgynous kind of voice. And I was like, oh no, this is the villain. And also they're... Making them a queer character, and also they are coded as black because they are voiced by Leslie Jones, and I was like, "Oh no!" And I it, was
0: so ready to get into drag culture on Cartridge
1: Cinema oh, Club. Oh fuck, I do not want it. Luckily, we don't have to talk about fucking drag on this show yet. <laughs> yet it'll it'll come up. Yeah, next week we're watching Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. We're gonna fucking no. oh <laughs> um no. So like. Do you want to take this? You want to go ahead and just explain the situation so, with the character? <laughs> I was, I was kind of
0: just, was for this movie. I was waiting for there to be like that moment where it turns its hand and it shows that it's like reactionary politics, like the last one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have it, but this movie does have some weirdness around. I guess feminism. Yeah. Because, like, as soon as Zeta Zeta starts talking and revealing her plan, she says some things, like, that sound like a movie executive uh, co-opting, like, woke feminism uh, Facebook meme uh, culture. Yeah. And, And that's kind of the character, and that's kind of her plan. Like, she's very, like, treat yourself. She's very, like... Uh, oh, she calls Red a typical type A male paired with a strong female, and you just can't take it. And and she says like, oh, that's just like a man would say. Yeah. And then when she explains her evil plan, she says, "I'm putting myself first because I worked hard for it and I deserve it." And it's and but her plan is to like eradicate two islands <laughs> of all of all citizens. Yeah. And it feels a tiny, tiny bit like maybe this movie is saying like this is the this is, this, what this is the want. end goal of like <laughs> this is the logical end point of like third wave feminism or yeah. something.
1: Yeah, we should um <laughs> we should set up a little bit about like what her backstory is eventually revealed to be. So so yeah. so the mighty eagle played by Peter Dinklage who is sort of the like you know, he's like the racist civil war icon from the first movie mm-hmm. um and the backstory is that him and Zeta were in a romantic relationship in high school. They got engaged and everything, and then he left her at the altar because he's a big, stupid asshole. Um, right. And then, you know, when she, when he sees her again for the first time, he, like, you know, says, like, oh, it's all my fault, I'm a piece of shit, like, you're doing this because of me, I know it. And she pretty much tells him, like, no, actually, I don't think about you at all, uh, and I'm doing this for me and my daughter, Uh, And she has a little smaller bird with her, and that's her daughter. Uh, And then we find out that that it's actually the Mighty Eagle's daughter. And then at the end of the movie, uh, the Mighty Eagle saves the the small bird daughter from an explosion. And then Zeta and the Mighty Eagle get married. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So... So there's a couple things wrong with this. One, the the Mighty Eagle is a big fucking asshole. He's explicitly shown throughout the movie to be a big asshole who left her because he was a dick. Uh, Two, the only thing he does to redeem himself in her eyes is that he saves their mutual daughter's life who he has been a deadbeat dad for, for forever, and now suddenly she's in love with him again. Three, Zeta tried to fucking kill everyone. And the end of the movie is, like, a nice wedding between the Mighty Eagle and Zeta. And everyone's like, yeah, it's great. And she suffers no consequences whatsoever. They're literally, like, having a having a celebration and revealing a Mount Rushmore of all of the main characters. Again, more <laughs> racist imagery for the Angry Birds movie. Um, you know, like, and talking about how great it is that they stopped the doomsday device. At the wedding... With the person who was responsible for the doomsday device.
0: Yeah, it's and Red zone. even says <laughs> Red even says at the wedding. Yeah, and even though she tried to kill us all, and she's all like, "Ha ha ha! Oh, you guys!" And yeah. it's like, "No, but you you did though try to try to kill everyone, and you clearly have some some shit to work through." Uh, but uh, that's the
1: worst thing, right? Is that she's <laughs> the most sympathetic character in the movie. You know, she has, she has like, she, she has a personality. She has a great vocal performance. She has a daughter she cares about. Uh, She was like spurred by a man and feels really fucking pissed about it. Uh, and she just wants to have a nice life for her and her daughter. That's like her explicitly stated goal. Except they also make her like a terrorist and like and, and like a megalomaniac. And so all of that doesn't fucking matter. And they take like the most interesting character in the movie and make her into you know just like a supervillain. It sucks. You you know you know <laughs>
0: hell hell hath no fury like a woman scorns. What are you watching
1: next week, Mark?
0: <laughs> Speaking of a woman scorns.
1: Oh fuck me, man. Um
0: <laughs> we're watching Resident Evil Afterlife, another long awaited uh, episode. <laughs> we're watching We're watching the fourth one, y'all. Uh, it's a 2010 action horror film written and directed. You guessed it. <laughs> by Paul W.S. Anderson, The boy, the this myth, film... the
1: legend back <laughs> once again.
0: <laughs> this film marks Anderson's uh, uh, one of it, one of many appearances on this podcast and his return, his glorious return to direct the Resident Evil film uh, series after he directed the first one, I believe, produced the other two. Um, it's a direct sequel because, of course, they're all direct sequels. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It looks like she's going back to Los Angeles or... To Los Angeles for the first time. I don't know. I we've seen these movies, but have we like? But you, you kind of see it, and then it's like you didn't even see it.
1: Yeah. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark?
0: Well, this was a hell. Of I'm glad episode. you asked. This, this this is this this episode felt like recording two episodes. <laughs> uh, just just in terms of my exhaustion. Uh, fuck. Um, we're back uh follow us at cartridge cinema On Twitter, that's at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter uh, in the pinned post. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh, Rate us. Give us a good rating. Leave us a nice review. Send us some hugs and kisses. Uh, The the music is by DJ Tin Man, uh, who I hung out with at a beach last week. That was chill. Uh, The art is by Courtney Kaufman. And for me, it
1: was Tuesday. Don't join the military. Five cops. cops. (laughs) Great. Great and also good. Great. Great Great podcast. Loved it. Man, I'm so sweaty. It got really hot in here. It's, I think it's because I got heated. <laughs> yeah, we we were both getting heated. This yeah. is a this is a bad movie. It was it was bad, and I feel like it, it brought it brought up something. I really enjoyed yelling. I'm so fucking tired of straight people.
0: <laughs> yep, It was a good moment. It, it was your most impassioned. <laughs> I hate straight people of the podcast. <laughs> I think yeah. out of out of the 17 of them that there's been, <laughs> God. That was a good stinger, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) All
1: right, I'm going to stop recording now.